0: Listening to Hockey Night in New York, the Premier Live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, January 26, 2020. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York Studios on Long Island. Got a big late edition of Hockey Night New York coming up for you tonight. No guests, it's just me and Tony. We didn't want to have anybody suffer through the late hours, so you just got the boys tonight. We're going to cover what's been going on with this team. We're going to cover this break that's coming up. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Tony Stabile. Tony, how are you?
1: I'm missing hockey, buddy. That's what I'm doing. How are you doing, bro? You're,
0: you're already having withdrawals, huh?
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like you, you have you have this run of, of all these games, and then all of a sudden it's like hit the brakes and take two weeks off.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's league mandated, buddy. It's got to happen. They got to do it.
1: <laughs> CBA, CBO, Listen, it's it's good for the players, and, and ultimately, I know as a fan, it sucks. But think about it; it's good for the players because they get beat up throughout the season the fact that it is you know at, at the time that it is now where it's coupled with the all star break gives some guys you know and i'm sure there's a bunch of Islanders on this team that have been playing you know nicked up and bruised up and everything so it gives them a, a good stretch to to get some rest some R&R to, to get away from everything go on vacation spend some time with their family and refocus themselves for the you know for the stretch run here so it's it, ultimately i know it all sucks for us but it's a good thing number
0: one. Oh, buddy. I mean, you say it's good for the players, good for the league. It's good for the Islanders, too, pal. I mean, with the way that they've been playing, I mean, granted, the last two games a little bit better than we had been seeing, but the Islanders needed this break big time. I mean, this kind of came at the perfect time because they've just been uh, you know, meandering through You know, the season here after that great start, you know, with this 500 hockey that they've been playing, win some, lose some. They haven't been playing that consistent, you know, Islander hockey that we've grown to uh, love under Barry Trott. So I I think this break couldn't have come any sooner, pal. I
1: agree. I I agree. It's, you know, it's ever since the, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get into it um, as we go on through the show, but, uh, you know, the loss of Adam Pellick has been, you know, uh, something that I don't think that, look, we all knew that Adam Pellick was was a, was a big part of this defensive core, a big part of this team. Uh, I don't think anybody could have you know, overstated how much this team has missed him and how the adjustment has been just a little bit more difficult than I think anyone could have anticipated.
0: No, I have to agree with you there. And yeah, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that. I mean, not only with him being, being out, but Clutterbuck and how that's kind of affected the the forward depth as well, and you know Barry having to kind of play with the lines and mix and match, and we we've kind of seen that you know ever since Clutterbuck's gone down, and even even just with the the lack of scoring that they've had, they they struggle with some games, and he's just trying to get guys going. So um, there's no doubt the Pelican Clutterbuck have definitely uh, you know them being out has had a negative effect on the team. But but let's start the show off as we traditionally do. We'll talk about the state of the team, where they are in the standings, 49 games played heading into this break. 29-15-5, and five, 63 points. They are 8 back of the Caps, and they no longer have any games in hand. They have been used up. Perhaps that will change as the season continues, but right now they have both played 49 games each. They are 4 points back of the Pens with 1 game in hand if they want to try to take back home ice before this season ends in April. Uh, they took three out of points versus the Canes and NYR, you know, over the last week. So again, uh, a nice little positive end to to you know this session of the section of the season, I guess, if you will, going into this break. They get to go out in a little bit of a high note with finally getting a win over the Rangers. Gets uh, gets you know not only them feeling good, but the fans feeling good too. Third time was a charm, I guess. But with all that being said, pal, how's it feel to be Tony Stabile? Well, I'll
1: be lying to say that I, I feel fantastic about the way that the team has looked over the past you know six weeks or so. I mean, you know you you look at the body of work and they had a tremendous first stretch, you know that seventeen game streak and you know they they looked as if they were just gonna you know they were they were taking that next step and you know what are they' what are they thirteen, twelve, and six, I think over this latest you know, this latest stretch of games. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've been what their record says they are right now. And they've been a 500 team, you know, basically since, you know, what, the you know, Thanksgiving. So they need to to get back to that consistent play. You saw a little bit more of it against the Rangers the other night. They, you know, they got back to their structure. They they, they did what they are supposed to do. But they're dealing with some injuries. And, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, you know, as I said with Pellick, what you said with Clutterbuck, they got to get these guys, you know, some of them healthy people I mean, Pelican's gone. There's disease. There's, there's no getting that back, but right. <clears throat> the deadline is coming up. This is going to be a topic of conversation tonight. Absolutely. There, there definitely needs to be some, some tweaking. And I think that we've already started to, to see some, some reports, uh, some, some different, uh, a couple, uh, one or two different things. Arthur Staple wrote a tremendous article. We're going to talk about
2: yes
0: uh,
1: a little bit later, but look, there's there's gonna need to be some some moves, you know. I don't think that anyone is gonna sit on their hands at this point. I think last year they realized that there was nothing out there that was gonna you know, that was gonna benefit them more than, than keeping the current roster together. But Lou Amarillo is not a stupid man, so you know, he obviously <laughs> sees that there's you know, some cracks in this there's some cracks out there and right. they need to be filled and I think that uh I think Lou will be very active, um Going into the next couple of weeks and and seeing uh, you know how the market uh, turns out here,
0: I have to agree, and we are definitely going to dive into that uh, a little later in the show. But before we do that, just wanted to to talk about what's going on here. You know, we're in the middle of this break now. It's a ten day break. It's obviously going to be the longest one you know for the season. But let me tell you, pal, after that's over, I tweeted about this earlier. They are going to be running a marathon when they get back on uh, Saturday. Uh, On the first. So once February, once the calendar turns to February, you're talking 33 games in 64 days, okay? There's only two breaks of more than one day, and they're only two days each. And actually, one of them comes after Saturday's game against the Canucks, the other one comes in early March. So aside from that, they are essentially playing every other night from February 1st until the end of the season. Okay? So we're we're all, you know, having withdrawals now during this break. You're gonna be getting Islander hockey shoved down your throat every other night. Once we hit February until the end of the season. So you're going to have plenty of nights to make up for it. That's for damn sure. So you got those four back-to-back sprinkled in over the course of that time. And you got 10 of the... I'm actually surprised the way the the games, you know, break out. Because, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. That usually, you know, you get to this point point in the season. And you find that a lot of the divisional games, you know, come up towards the end. It seems like the NHL kind of likes to favor that. But to my surprise... Um, they only have 10 remaining games versus the Metro from here on out. So of those 33 games, only 10 versus their division. You're going to have some Canes games, you're going to have another Ranger game, a couple Flyers games. I think they've got one more game against the Caps. They have 8 versus the Atlantic, and then they have 15 games versus the West, pal.
1: Yeah, which is a problem because they didn't play well against the West. The Atlantic games are great because they've dominated the Atlantic division. They hit 12-3-1 against the Atlantic division, but they have not played well out west. That has been a. Uh, they had that bad stretch. That kind of kicked all this off, you know. When they went, they were they had <clears throat> just finished up that um, that great stretch, and they went out. I believe it was San Jose. They lost that game in overtime, the and uh, they just have not been the same team since. And uh, you know that's that's a problem because those are those are going to be important games. Important points are going to have to pick up. Uh, like we said the you know the Atlantic has been a good thing for them and the fact that they don't have so many metro games I mean I, I think that's kind of ridiculous that a team that was as, as high in the standings as the honors were last year and what they did last year only has 10 of their remaining 33 games against their their into you know their their division it's that's that's that's, that's kind of surprising I would think that you'd have more of those down the stretch but
2: right
0: it is what
1: it is I guess so we're gonna to see how they how this goes but I would think that you would they would have had more Metro games later in the season. No, without and
0: how question. they had
1: no Ranger games into January. I know we, we just touched on this briefly during you know when we were at Parlay, but had they had no Ranger games up until you know in, into into January, and then have three of them in, in inside of ten days. I mean, the schedule schedule making there is just absolutely atrocious. Like they they should have been playing these games much more stretched out than just jamming them all into a into a six week period.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, but, like, look, you know, I think I've said this before, too. Like, if there's a job I don't want working for the league, it's being a schedule maker. Because, I mean, you know, we we even got some tidbits, right? I think it was last season somebody was talking to Lula Amarillo, you know, about the schedule and how he... um, you know, he likes to kind of get at the league and say, you know, I want these games, I want this, not you know what I mean? So you figure you got thirty one general managers coming at you <laughs> and telling you when you want your games, what time, you know, when you want your home games and all that stuff. Like and you gotta accommodate all these guys to the best of your ability. And then you have all the other events going on in all the arenas. So yeah, of course. Three games against the Rangers just lumped into January with within a less than two-week span is obviously ridiculous, but I am sure if they had the ability to avoid that, they would have, and this is what we get. So, you know, look, I don't, <laughs> again, I don't envy the schedule makers, but, you know, at the end of the day, I do agree with you. It'd be nice if you had those games spread out a little more and maybe get a little more, um, you know, divisional games Uh, Towards the end of the season, you know, you know those four point games that they call them, especially you know once the standings start to crunch. You know what I mean?
1: Mm, Agreed.
0: Okay, (laughs) fair enough. Agreed. So, (laughs) if there's one, if if I have one thing left to say about that, if you want to put a, I know you mentioned that the you know the games out west or against the west, I should say, haven't been going so well this season so far. If there's one. Way to spin that maybe into a positive if they can actually make those games competitive is you don't have the worry of giving you know the the extra point away to the other team. They can maybe be a little more, I don't know, loose going for that extra point, not having to worry about giving up a you know a shootout loss or whatever. You know that that third point to the other team. I don't know if that really plays into it, but maybe I'm thinking too much. But I don't know. I'm trying to look at it as a positive. This.
1: No, I get it. And and listen, they're, they're in a very aggressive team in overtime anyway, because they are one of the better teams in the NHL and overtime in three on three. So, I mean, when, when you look at it that way, I mean, they're, they're always, they're always a dangerous team when it comes to that because of how good they are. You know, you have a weapon like Boazel and, you know, they just, they just seem to really play well together uh, in, in OT. So, I mean, that's, that's something that they definitely have in their favor, but I mean, you know, they have to they have to be able to get there and and the way they've been giving up goals uh, you know up until this last game against the Rangers is a little uh, little concerning because it's not not something that we've seen in the Barry Trotz era so uh, time to you know get a little bit of a you know a grapple on this look they're going to have they have to break until Thursday they actually get two days of practice in before they play their first game on Saturday against uh, against Carolina
0: okay that's good so I mean
1: that's a that's a um, so you know, so they'll be able to get two days of practice and coming off of the break. So that's a really, really good thing for them. So we'll uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, it's not Carolina. It's it's, uh, it's
0: Vancouver, isn't it? Yes, uh, Vancouver, uh, on one o'clock, Barclay Center. It is Hawaiian shirt yeah. giveaway right. day. Tony, you going to that? You going to get yourself a shirt?
1: No, I'm not going to that. But <laughs> let me tell you something. That shirt is actually uh, pretty not uh, bad, that's, right?
0: That, that's an interesting
1: uh, Hawaiian shirt, there. Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I saw the picture Those, and I was as, like, far uh, as giveaway.
0: I don't. I don't know if uh, you know. I'm not inclined to hop on a on a train just to go to a game to, to get a Hawaiian shirt. But I guess uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe if I can make the time, maybe I'll head over there and catch the game and get myself a shirt. Who knows? But uh, yeah, you, not bad. You, you would need to wear that shirt to a live show. I would you love would have to. to I would love to. A live show. to. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe I'll hit up a, a rep and see if they can tuck one away from me if I can't make the game. But either way, pretty styling because usually mm. those those giveaways are uh, you know they're not the best you know, and they're always like you know. That's- they're always one size, you know. So if you don't fit that size, so. you can't, you can't, can't wear it. So who knows? Anyway, Hawaiian shirt giveaway, guys. If if you didn't know, get get to Barclays Center at one o'clock. Get yourself a stylish Hawaiian shirt when they play the Vancouver Canucks. All right, Tone. So let's move on, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll just touch a little bit on these games that feel like they were a month away. You know, they played against Carolina over the weekend. They had the Rangers on Tuesday, and I feel like it was ages ago. You know, we have just a few few days break going into the All Star Game, and I feel like these these games like happened two weeks ago. But anyway, Sunday, yeah, Carolina two one shootout loss. It was uh, typical low scoring Isles hockey. Uh, lots of defense, not a lot of goals. Thomas Grice got the start. He stopped thirty one to thirty two shots. He was good in the shootout, and uh, they end up losing the shootout. And, you know, I mean, well, we can talk about what happened during the game, but I'm going to touch on the shootout real quick. And Grice does his job, makes plenty of stops. They end up losing, what, in the eighth round, I think it was. And you get the the bad ice. Round. Yeah, so you got the eighth round there. You got the bad ice. You had not one but two guys having uh, losing the puck because of it, I guess, hitting some some snow or hitting a divot or whatever it was in the ice. And Brock Nelson, in Casey his didn't even get a chance to get a shot off. And that pretty much uh, sealed the island's fate when that happened. And, you know, it's funny. I see some people, I saw some people on Twitter, you know, giving Nelson and Sazikas a hard time. And I'm like, come on, it happened to two guys. You think both of them, you know, screwed up or maybe just maybe it was the quality of the ice. And I guess the only argument maybe they can make is that, you know, once, once you saw it happen to the first guy, maybe you shouldn't be handling the puck too much. Maybe just get a shot off and, you know, they both get burned by it. But anyway, what do you got to say about that game, buddy?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, when you go to the eighth round of the shootout, it is literally a crapshoot at that point. You've done everything that you can to get to the point that you're at. You know, yes, the ice at that point of the game, you played you played three periods, an overtime period, and now have eight rounds of the shootout go. Uh, yeah, the ice is going to be choppy at that point. Look, it happened to Marshan the other day. He skated right over top of the puck.
0: Well, that was you just, you know, a, I mean,
1: it's, yeah, it's, that was know, a
0: mental thing. I mean, he didn't even, he wasn't even carrying the puck first. He just <laughs> skated over it. It like, couldn't I happen to a nicer guy. Kind of just gra- I know it's kind of grazed the top
1: of it, but look, I mean, uh, it, when you get to that point again, you, sometimes you got to keep it simple, and and you know, it just it didn't go their way. They went, you know, they went to the eighth round, and you know, like I said, once you get out of the you know the initial three or four shooters, you know, after that, you know, you you, you got guys who you don't usually shoot at that point. So you know, they they're not your normal you know shootout guys. It's a crapshoot at that point. So, right, they started all the defensive Yeah, Thomas Grice was, yep, you know, and Thomas Grice, you know, played tremendous for them, and you know, they got the point out of it. They lost the second point, which you don't want to do, obviously, to a Carolina team that's trying, you know, it's nipping at your heels. But right. you know, they get the one point out of it. Really, you, you can't can't really be you know too pissed about. It wasn't a six to two drubbing. It was, you know, you got a point out of the game. You know, there's it, not much you can do at that point. You know, it's it's. uh you would have liked to have seen, you know, Zizekas and, and Nelson give at least a shot, but, you know, like I said, it's, it's tough, you know, it's especially at that time of the, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that much cocky has gone on in the rink. It's, right. uh, you know, it's the ice conditions and tough, And those guys aren't, I mean, Zizekas is not a usual, you know, shootout, um, he doesn't usually take, you know, the shootout attempts. And Nelson does, you know, more often, but, you know, again, that's not his thing. He's more of a, you know, he's more of the, uh, you know, the sniper. He's got a, you know, he's got a, a you know, kind of a, a wicked kind of a shot. But, you right. know, I, I, I can't be too dis- disappointed with the fact that they were able to, uh, you know, to play the way that they did. They played more their style, which is which is probably the more important uh well, look, lining you could take out of that. They
0: guess. needed a good game after what happened on Saturday against the Caps. You know, it's the second day of back-to-backs. Oh, yeah. They go from playing at home versus the Caps in a game that, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we didn't get a show last week, go, a show in last week. But look, you know they get they build the they build the lead. They, it looks like they're going to run away with the game, and and you know they just uh, you know look. I'll use the the quote that Barry Trotz you know used. They poked the bear. You got Taves doing the uh, Kuznetsov celebration, and I mean they got what they deserved at that point, right? I mean they shoved it right back in the Islanders' face. They blow the lead in the third period where they give up five 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 straight goals in the in the third period. Obviously awful. Pro- you know the worst game of the season you, you could say you know, for the team. So they needed a real good game to follow up against the Canes. And I think they played a good game. I mean, look, it's low scoring. They didn't get the two points, but they they got back to playing their way. And, you know, I'm okay with that shootout loss because, look, as we all know, once you get to the shootout, you know, I mean, the, the hockey is over, right? It's just it's just the skills competition. So right. they had a good game Sunday. Uh, Anders Lee had the lone goal. If you have anything else to say, anything more to say about it, we'll move on uh, to the Rangers on Tuesday let's yeah, move on to the Ranger game. Okay, let's move on to the Ranger game. So, we get to the Rangers on the 21st on Tuesday. This is the, the third time they play them, as we said earlier, within a very short span of time, and they fell short the first two times. So you'd like to, to think that the third time is a charm, and thankfully it was. Otherwise, we still would be hearing it from all our Ranger fan friends and relatives that that the Islanders can't beat the Rangers, but they came out and they played good hockey. They build a four nothing lead. Uh, they get it early in the third period. You got goal scoring from Bailey, Bo, Lee, and Brock. And uh, you know just to rattle off some numbers from this game, uh, they dominated the, Ra- the Rangers in the faceoff circle, sixty five percent. They won Nelson sixty eight percent from the circle. He had a great night taking faceoffs, but they were dominated in shots, pal, forty two to eight. The Rangers dominated them in shots. What, what do you got to say about that? Yes,
1: I mean, I, I felt I felt the Rangers were, were, were definitely um, kept more. Uh, they they weren't a uh, weren't a tremendous amount of high danger right um, shots taken. I never I, I never felt that the Rangers were carrying the play. I felt the Islanders did a good job of keeping them to the outside. They look they threw a lot of stuff. At at Thomas Grice, he was he he handled most everything. It wasn't until some late you know late um, late third period shenanigans did they even get on the board. I never felt this game was was, was really out of reach. There were only a couple of spurts where I felt the Rangers kind of you know had the Islanders hemmed in in their zone. This was more of a you know it, it, you look at those forty two shots. They just were they were trying to get as many pucks on there as they possibly can. But Grice did a real good job with rebound control. Defense did a good job of clearing the puck out of the zone. So, uh, you know, I never really felt that this game was was out of reach. It only got a little interesting after, uh, well, uh, we'll, we'll you, I'll let you take the, uh, you know, how you felt about that third period and then I'll, I'll tell my two cents
0: about that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you know, you mentioned Thomas Grice and, you know, this is the first time he, he this might be the first time he got back to back starts all season. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I, I can't recall. It was. It, it was, right? It was. So he has a very good game against the Canes, yep. and Varlamov's had his ups and downs recently with this this just streak that the you know this uh, mediocre streak that the teams have been on. So they, they they obviously like the way Greiser played on Sunday against the Canes. They bring him back for the Rangers. He stops forty of forty two until it gets to that third period that you're referencing here. And look. All I'll say is, at, at least, it didn't go the way it went Saturday against the Caps. Right? <laughs> they gave a, up a couple late goals on the power play, and you have what? Ha- look, we got to talk about Mayfield, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're getting at the Mayfield Lemieux situation.
1: Well, <clears throat> this is yes, I do. So let's t- let's tackle this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go further into it. But yeah, let's talk about the Mayfield
0: situation. So, you know, look, you got to be disciplined. You know, it was a foolish thing to do on Mayfield's part, especially, you know, when you have a lead that was fragile not too long ago. Like, just just play the game out and play it smart. So, yeah, you know, you can't let these guys get under your skin, especially guys like Lemieux, right? So, Mayfield, I, I, they call it a spear. <laughs> I guess it was. But then you have this guy on the Rangers who not too long ago wasn't the same guy, but goes down like there was a sniper up in the uh, the upper deck of the Madison Square Garden, <laughs> and he just took a shot at him, and he goes down like a maybe. ton of bricks. And I don't know, I don't know. I mean, does 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 Mayfield deserve four minutes for that? Mm, I don't think so, especially with the theatrics that it's went on. O-
1: well, because they, well they called it well they called it a spear. So a spear is an automatic four, and that's why he got the four.
0: Yeah, so maybe maybe they give him a two minute slash, you know? Or I mean, call it whatever the
1: hell you want. Well, what well, it should have been because that's... Look the, the uh, first of all, first of all, um, the penalty wasn't even called. The, the that that call, the spearing call, was made by the by by um, Wes McCauley, who was not the referee with us that was in front. That was that was standing there when it actually happened. Right. So that's right. the first problem with this whole thing. Right. Uh, this this goes back to the same thing that I've been saying all along. Like, how do you have four officials on the ice and you still have these horrible calls? I don't understand how you have all these guys on the ice, and they're all trained, and yet th- that 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 was not even remotely a spear. But be that as it may, okay. <laughs> be that as let's just go back a little bit earlier in the game because okay. this is something that really pissed me off as I'm watching this game. Okay, the boarding call on Ross Johnson. Okay, yeah, oh, right, right. Now, right. now. Uh, Lingren was the one. It was Lingren right? Is that is that if I remember correctly?
0: Uh, I believe so.
1: Okay, so Lingren was the one that 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 put Jordan Eberle face first into the into the goalpost.
2: Yes, yes, the last
1: time these two teams played. Correct. So Johnson was going to make Lingren. Remember that he shouldn't be doing things like that. A hundred percent, and, and, and that's exactly job. what that's he should be doing. Yeah, that's, for sure. Right. Okay. So now Ross Johnson is lining up Lingren. Lindgren looks up; and it's right on the replay. Sees Johnson coming, and in his infinite wisdom of being a NHL defenseman for one
2: season, right.
1: decides he's going to turn his back and give him the numbers. Yep. Now, yep. Does that is is, is there some is there, a new, is there a rule now that says that if you see someone coming and you turn? you're back on them <laughs> that automatically means that the person is not supposed to hit you anymore like that's right. not what that means that right. means that someone's coming take the hit or get out of the way don't turn your back to make it into a into a worse situation that's just stupid
0: yeah, okay and, and you're, you're and, and putting yourself in danger at that point contextual for the referee and we've seen plays like that that's not the first time I've seen a player turn his back last minute and you know a lot of times they don't get the call because the ref sees what they did they see that, you know, right. they, they turn their body last minute, you know, whether it was on purpose to get a call or, you know, just for whatever, maybe they're, they're shifting their body to make a play. I mean, whatever the case may be. But, you know, if, if he's conscious of the hit coming in, he turns his body. Yeah, you're Tony. I know what you're getting out here. You're absolutely right. There shouldn't have been a call without without, without question.
1: Because it's not a board at that point. It's a boarding if the guy has got his back to the play, right? Okay, and you come out of nowhere and you and you railroad him into the board. It's it's That's the, a boarding. the guy who went into the, the boards caused the boarding, in,
0: right? Exactly. Like you put
1: yourself in position
0: to be boarded. Yes. So
1: how is that the you know and, and at that point like, Johnson couldn't stop himself. It was a, it was too late. Right. It, the, the game moves at such a fast pace now that if you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable situation and you get boarded, that is not the player who's coming to hit you. Right. Okay. What is he supposed to do? Wear a sign around his neck saying, I'm going to hit you. Don't turn your back on me.
2: Yeah. You
1: should know not to turn your back. He did that. So, and then he has the nerve to get up and start barking at Johnston, Like, dude, <laughs> right. get, get off the ice. <laughs> he really like, sold you know, it. Okay. Like
2: that's, <laughs> you
1: just. Like you got to be kidding me! Like you got up and you pissed off. You yeah. saw the guy coming. He's six foot five. Like you know he's coming for you. So I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, so that, that between that penalty and that stupid spear call, which okay, it's a slash. It was a flash. If I was a referee, I would have called a flash.
0: And then you had, and then I it mean, was
1: stupid. There was no reason for. Maybe it. Maybe
0: all these rangers have taking acting classes because you had the the play. Uh, what was it, Foss? What was in the um, in the second game, right? When they played the Rangers at last week, right when he, uh, oh, he sold that. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he that was basically that year, flipped he his back. flipped his feet over his head. I mean, completely. That's not how the body reacts to the to the hit that he took. I mean, look, Broussard shouldn't have been cross checking him anyway. They were away from the puck, and maybe Broussard had an argument that, you know. He, you know, uh, that happens all the time. That's at least what he, that's the sort he was dying on, but, or falling on, I should say. But I mean, you got all these theatrics now, Foss, Lindgren, and and Lemieux. I mean, these guys must be all taking, you know, Manhattan acting classes here, pal. Well,
1: at at, at Lemieux, Lemieux is in his blood, so there's there's no, you know. Yes, he he, certainly takes after his daddy, that's for sure. Yes, that's for sure. But I mean, look, Lemieux is on the ice for that purpose draw a penalty do whatever you have to do to draw a penalty and right. it worked It
0: did okay
1: what concerns me is that as the, what concerns me is that this team has played so maturely over the course of the last two years on the Barry track mm-hmm. they don't make stupid mistakes like this yeah. and over the course of the last week okay you had Devonaves which I look I I have sung the praises of Devonaves since the moment he put an eye on the jersey on, since he made his Islander, sure. NHL debut for did. good reason, yeah. But that was that was dumb. That was that was a dumb move. He admitted so after the game. Right. Barry said that he was pissed about it. I'm sure he had a conversation with him. But how dumb do you have to be? Like you're playing the team that you've been you've been chasing the Capitals for two years, right? So you're gonna you, you, you you're you are to make like that. Just nuts. Smart at
0: all? You know what it reminded me, me of, Tony. Happened.
1: You it, see the Mayfield thing,
0: right? Right. You know, but but you know what yeah. that uh, Taves thing reminded me of, and obviously, you know, a little different. But you remember in the playoffs last year when the the Islanders were basically hanging on for dear life. You know, they're already down in the series. I think it was game. It was game three. It, it actually no, it was game four. It was the game that they got swept in. And the Islanders, uh, they get a. I think it was a go ahead goal from Brock Nelson. Remember, he taps. Mrazic on the head on the on the uh, mask after he scored the goal, and then they end up in the handshake line. They lose, and Dougie Hamilton taps Brock Nelson on the head, says, "Oh yeah, see you later, pal." You know, it's like Mm -hmm. just that's the second, and this is like kind of the second version of that where they do something to kind of you know rib the other team, and it blows right back up in their face. So you know what? Be a little more mature, be a little more professional. Play, play, win the game, and that's it. Score your goals, and that's it. You know.
1: Barry 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 Trotz is one of the classiest coaches that have that has been in this league, you know, in this generation. Okay, never a bad word said about him by a player, by another coach, by a anybody associated with the NHL, or you know, or anybody associated with you know, with Barry. You don't hear any of that stuff. So to see these guys who play for him to to do these you know, these these taunting little things, it's just it's it's just it's just dumb. Take after your coach, to, you know. Especially when you have an opportunity you have to have a blow up
0: in your face like and it did. Be I mean, better,
1: yeah, yeah. Of course, I mean, right. and, and after the Brock thing, you would have said like, "Gee, shit, I ain't doing that anymore." Like that's, you know, that that looked bad. Yeah. You know, we look bad for that. Oh yeah. And then, it's ha- and then it happens again, like less than a half a season later. Yeah. But the the other thing that we need to talk about, which was which was you know something that's been percolating for a while now, is the fact that Matt Barzell did not see the ice. In the third period, right? Yeah, I
0: was going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah.
1: You, bro, you're in a game against the Rangers. You're 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 fighting for points. You're holding on to your third place spot. You know, in the Metro, you're the team you've lost to twice. You know, you're a heated rival that you've lost to twice in the last ten days. Yeah. And Matt has pissed Barry off so much that he has to sit him down. The
2: entire third period.
0: Yeah, good. Like, bro, I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did.
1: Bad. Yeah, I'm glad he did too. I look. I'm glad he did too. I'm glad he did it too. Uh, I I I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be lying to you if you say I'm not concerned about it because this is not the first big mistake that Matt has made. Okay, right. so right. it's obviously something that 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 Barry and Matt had a conversation about. Mm-hmm. and that he just completely went against whatever Barry had said, and that's why he decided to sit him for the whole period. Um, that he, Barry had said that he wanted to bench him after the stupid penalty that he took in Buffalo that cost him a point against the, the uh, Sabres. Yeah, man. It yeah. almost cost him a point against the Sabres. Right. That was a terrible, terrible penalty oh, it, that he took. Totally selfish. It didn't want to punish the team, let him play in overtime. Right. So you see that, and... Obviously, he comes back. He, you know, he sets up the goal and ends up winning them the game in, 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 in overtime, which is, you know, that's you know, it's wonderful and you know, and whatever. But the problem that I have with that is that, you know, he, he he had that 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 thing. He had that happen, and now here we are, less than two months later, and he does something else that gets him on the bench. It gets gets him put on the bench, right? You know, like when you, when you want to be the leader of your team, you want to be that, you know, that guy right? You want to be the guy. You, you, you can't be making mistakes like this where, you know, you're sitting down for an entire period. Like that's, that's not good, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm literally, concerned. I'm
0: sorry. No, buddy. I hear you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm not as concerned because I think Barzell is, is, is a smart and mature enough guy that he sees that these are bad mistakes. And look, he's still a young guy. And you know, not that that's an excuse, but I think that he's mature enough to kind of, you know, understand what he did, why it was wrong, and, you know, as as his ca- career continues here with the Islanders, that, you know, he's he's gonna, you know, put that stuff in check. You know, and, and he'll he'll learn from it. And and look, the good thing is is that Barry is holding him accountable. He's not, you know, like this is our guy, this is our star, I gotta treat him oh, with I kid agree. gloves. You know what I mean? At least Barry's putting him in his place and he's saying, Listen, buddy, I don't care who you are, if you're gonna keep that crap up. You're gonna sit on the bench. You know, and, and he's and he not only did he call out Barzell, but just you know, he's he's he didn't, you know, um, specify these guys by name, but he said, Look, we got a couple of guys right now that are playing for themselves and not playing for the team. So Barry is definitely identifying the and fact that, that there has been that, a problem is, and he's doing something about it.
1: Well, this the, the the quote that Barry had the other day that that kinda of opened my eyes was was almost like, you know, was, was that coupled with the fact of is that, hey, you know, we you know, we, we think we need some reinforcements. You know, there maybe need right. to, you know some some people, there needs to be some spots that need to be changed up. Now now, you know, look, you know as well as I do that Barry and Lou are one thousand percent on the same page. Oh yeah. So if he's making threats like that, that's that right that that quote is go goes right through the locker room. So if that's a quote of like, You guys, I've given you leeway, we've gone to this right. we've gotten to this point. You know, you guys like the chemistry that's in that room, you better shape it up or someone's going to be out of there and someone else is going to come and take your job.
0: I think you're right on the money, Tony. I think that's less a, you know, call to action for Lou. I think that's less Barry saying, hey, buddy, help me out, Lou. And I think that's absolutely much more directed at the players in the room and saying, listen, fellas, you know, exactly what you just said, get your act together or there's going to be some changes. For sure, I, 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 you know, so you yeah. Because because when those quotes came out, you have some guys say, "Oh, look, Barry's, you know, you know, Darren Luda make a move, you know." And I, I don't really see it that way because, like, like you said, they're on the same page. No, they're There's no way that that's the case. And he's, I think that's going internal. I like it. The guy knows how to how to work his players. I mean, look at look at, you know, look his uh, his coaching career speaks for itself. So, I like everything Barry's doing. I'm glad that he's holding these guys accountable. And I'm glad that he's making them think about it. And, again, I think, you know, you have that going on, and, and the break couldn't have come at a perfect time. So, look, I hope they went on their vacations. They did whatever they had to do, have a nice little time, and get back and get back to business, man, because, like I said, man, a lot of hockey once they get back on Saturday.
1: There's a lot of hockey, and, you know, they, they cannot continue to play. If they can. Well,
0: I, I shouldn't say that.
1: They can continue to play this way. They The, the start that they have had – Will allow them to continue to play this way and still make the playoffs. It's if they continue to play this way, they're not going anywhere in the playoffs. It is going to be a fight for the first round, or you know maybe an early second round exit, the same way it was last year. If this team is serious about taking that step, and we saw how good they can be. Yes, again, they've they've had some injuries, they've had to endure some things that have have gone on, but that you know that only flies for a certain amount of time. If as long as this team is together, they are a, they can, they are a special group. They can be a special group. The way that they play yeah, we said it. The way we that said they it. play you know, they've unified under Barry. You know, they they can be that team. So, you know, I, I I think that they can continue there. They can get back to the way that they were playing before. You know, yes. You know, you lose a guy, you know, your 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 top minutes eating defenseman back there. A guy who's really important to, you know, the structure of your game. So you make adjustments and you move on. Like they you know, they they have a, a solid core. It's got they gotta get back to playing that way. They haven't been playing that way for a while. The last two games have looked much closer to that team that's, that we saw early on in the season. Right, they have to be able to play that disciplined style.
0: They got to get back to playing it consistently. I mean, look, you know, get back to that like eight or nine out of ten games. Right, look, they're not going to play that way every every night. It's just not going to happen. You you can't expect it to happen. I say I said it a million times. Eighty-two game season, you're going to have guys having mental lapses, guys taking nights off, maybe not intentionally, but just maybe it's not their night, what have you. You know, again, mistakes, whatever. You're not going to get every night, but I mean this. When they when they're going the way we know that they can go, they're they're doing it like eight nine out of ten nights, right? They're playing their 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 brand of hockey. They're usually coming away with at least a point. Usually coming away with a win, you know. And and it just hasn't been happening for them. And and look, we'll we'll, we'll cut we'll look at the uh, the injuries now a little more in depth. But you know, you can't. Look, we're we're finding out just how valuable Adam Pellick is to this team now. You know, now that he's out. Because we, we've we had nothing but great things to say about the defense since Barry Trotz has taken over. And, you know, Adam Pellick has been a guy who's always at the center of that discussion when it comes up. You know, he's obviously not the flashiest guy. He doesn't put up the most points. But, you know, he's he's basically their, their stay at homer, or their, their number one guy who's going to be, you know, keeping pucks away from Thomas Grice or Semyon Varlamov. But that being said, I don't think it's a it's a team crippling situation where, you know, now any any hopes of going deep in the playoffs are dashed because Adam Pellick's not going to be back until maybe what, the second round of the playoffs. They can still win without this guy. And they may need to get some help. We're going to talk about that again a little bit later, about the deadline stuff and about whom who maybe they'll go they'll go after, because now they have another need on defense. But Anyway, I don't, I don't think they can really hang it on on the fact that Pelick's been out. I think the guys that they have there, they're they have Dobson being shielded here, and hopefully he continues to get some more minutes, some more trust from Barry Trotz. But you know, uh, I just, I just think that they're going to have to just just clean it up. I think, I think the break has been has been huge for them. You know, just the reset, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll get back on track, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, this this latest stretch with him out the lineup has been. You know where they've been giving up four or five goals a game. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah this this mediocre stretch has started way before Adam Pellet went down. Absolutely,
2: so exactly. It's exactly. not just
1: about Pellet being out of the lineup. It's the you know this last stretch of them having to keep the puck out of the net. Yes, yeah, that I think is directly related to Pellet being out of the lineup. Yeah, sure, but this this mediocre stretch started well before that.
0: Right, because the thing is this. I mean. All it means is that the the rest of the guys on D are getting more minutes than they would have with that you know if Pellic you know was there right so now that he's out you got right. Letty Boychuk right Pullic getting a couple more minutes here and there whatever and I, we don't consider any of those guys liabilities I mean we feel pretty confident regardless of what defenseman they have out in the ice there's nobody that we're saying oh man they got to get this guy off the ice they got to get him off the ice he's getting exposed he's getting exposed at least I don't feel that way right. I don't think you do either. So I still think that this defensive group, maybe save for the rookie that's in there who's still learning his way, you know, save for him, these this is a group of guys that can still get the job done. It's a shame that Thomas Hickey's been hurt because I feel like he could have come in and you know maybe you're still missing Pellick a little bit, but I don't think you miss him as much if you get Hickey in there. So that's unfortunate. But again, to to my point, this is a group of defensemen that can still get the job done without Pellick being there.
1: No, there's no question about that. There's, there's absolutely no question about it. You know, they, it would it would have been nice to have a healthy Thomas Hickey as your as your seventy at this point? You can you could rotate him and, and no adoption out of the lineup. Yeah. Yes, no question that would be wonderful. But
2: right. even with
1: Hickey coming back in the lineup, I mean, you know, we're 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 heading into the the last week of January here, right? Yeah, Thomas Hickey, Thomas Hickey's played eleven games. Yeah. He's only played eleven games so far this year. So. You know, you're not, you know, if he gets back into the lineup. You're going to have a rusty Thomas Hickey for the first couple of weeks, just yeah. just, just per se. And who says he's going to be 100% when he gets back? So, you know, the, I think that whereas we were looking at the depth of having seven, you know, seven guys on the current roster and then having a, a guy like Hickey in Bridgeport, and then you had guys like Howell, Ajo, who's come up and down, you know, just says he's 7 d now. Uh, so he could play in Bridgeport, but then kind of follow a team, um, you know, in case of injury or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they've had the depth that they have, but I think going into the deadline now, you got to look at the fact of it that they may they, need, they may need to bring in another defense.
0: I think they do. I think they even if it's just a depth guy, because you don't know what's happening next, right? I mean, I don't think I feel comfortable with them banking on. The rest of the guys being healthy for the rest of the season, you know what I mean? It, it's not like you know they're limited to one injury on defense. Like Pellet goes down, okay, everybody else will be fine. <laughs> Johnny Boychuk can be out three weeks from now. We don't know. The guys had a really hard time exactly playing a full eighty-two game season since he's been with the Islanders, right? So you have to have that in the back of your mind. You know, Lou does. So I think they gotta bring in a defenseman. You know, just, you know, maybe they can get by with the guys they have now. But if somebody else goes down and they don't have any insurance for that, you know, we don't know what Aho is going to do. You know, I mean, yes, we've, we've seen him on the Islanders before. And, you know, he's, he made another all-star game down in Bridgeport. That's all well and good. But I'm not comfortable right. relying on a, on a six-man rookie. rotation with Ajo. Exactly. With Aho and Dobson, no thank you. So they need to bring in another defenseman. Right. We'll get into some names later on who that might be, but I'm with you there, buddy. Uh, I think that's a need that they have to address, and, and it's going to be tricky because, you know, you have some people talking about and I think with merit that, you know, the, the, the prospect pool that they have, the assets that they have, you know, because you have certain guys that maybe not aren't panning out the way we've hoped and stuff like that, that it may be a little difficult to, you know, to swing some of these deals, especially if Lou, you know, ends up having some com- competition, but... To keep it back where we're at, you know, as far as Pelic and the D goes, yeah, they, they're going to need to bring somebody in because if, God forbid, somebody else goes down, that's when you really start to get concerned and worry. So let's move it on to Clutterbuck now. And, you know, they, they, they're like I said before, there there had been some line juggling going on even before he went down. But, you know, since he comes out, it's just interesting to see how – You know, what really happens to the depth of that forward group when you get a guy like Hal Clutterbuck, who I think was having a good year before he went down. I thought the fourth line was playing great with him in there, you know, prior to his injury. It's a freak thing. Agreed. Yeah, he gets gets cut. Really unfortunate, scary thing. Thankfully, he's all right. I believe the word is, Tony, that he's expecting to start skating on his own uh, towards the end of this break here?
1: I believe that's what I heard as well, yes.
0: Okay, yeah, I think that was Barry Trotz who said that. So that's a good sign. I don't know that what that means as far as when he's actually going to get back in the lineup. I don't have it in front of me. I forget exactly what the uh, the expected amount of time was going to be. Do you remember? Was it like four to six weeks or something, or was it longer? I forget. You happen to know?
1: I believe it was. I believe it was six to eight weeks. Okay, but. Uh, Alec, Mar- Alec Martinez from the, for the LA Kings had exactly the same surgery. Uh, right, okay. It wasn't identical injury, but it was the same surgery. I believe he was back. I think he was back on the ice in an NHL game in week seven, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so we're, we're probably looking at another, another two to three weeks for, uh, for, for clutter, but that's good because he's only got this week doesn't even count. So. If he's out only two weeks worth of games, that's that's a that's a huge that's a huge benefit for the Islanders.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, he's ha- he's been having a good year. Hopefully, he can pick up where he, where he's left off once he does get back. And you know, not for nothing, but I think Kamarov's done a pretty decent job filling in next to Sizikas and Martin. I mean, look, it's obviously not the same. <laughs> I'm never going to try to convince you that Kamarov can do the same job that Clutterbuck can. Trust me. But I think he's been all right. I think he's been you know right. fairly admirable since he's gotten into that spot. I don't know if you agree with me.
1: Yeah, no. I, I, look, we, we all know who Uncle Leo is at this point, and yes. uh, you know, I think that he has he fills he fills a role on this team at this point. Um, I know people are not, you know, enamored with him because of his salary and 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 you know and, uh, and contract status and so on and so forth. That'll be addressed at some point or another down the road. But for what he does right now, he fills a role, and he's not a you know a top nine player really he's he's been you know he's still in on that uh on that fourth line admir- admirably to this point but i think so you know uh, i think that when 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 push comes to shove when it comes to uncle leo you know he he's a he's a part of this team that that they need to have at this point so
0: yeah no i agree i mean it's it's good that he's there to fill the spot but i, I think we're, we're all going to feel a lot better uh when cal clutterbuck comes back and you know, you talk about guys that are getting in and out of the lineup. I, I guess, you know, we might as well mention Michael Dalcol, right? He's uh, he's starting to draw the uh, the ire of some fans. I'm starting to notice on social media. I mean, look, we know that clearly he's he's not on path to, to fulfill the, the, the hype that he had as a number 5 overall pick. Uh, who knows where he actually ends up. But now he's a guy that, you know, at this point in his career, at the very least, he should be a steady guy in your lineup, right? And he's not even able to crack this lineup, which, I mean, let's face it. You know, if he's supposed to be, you know, a winger that's scoring goals, he can't he can't crack the top six, and now he's having a hard time, even you know, in in the middle six, even getting a spot, you know, on that third line. So, just uh, talk a little bit about Michael Duckall.
1: Well, look, this is the thing with Michael Duckall is that he has had more than enough time to showcase the fact that he belongs to be in the lineup every night. He has played on the top line, he played on the second line, he played on the third line. They have given him, you know. Different jobs. They've given him ice time. They've given him ice time with the top players on this on this roster, and he has not been able to produce any offense whatsoever. And when they try to move him into a middle six kind of a you know in that second third line type of position, he's not really doing what they need him to do there either. So he is looking more and more like this you know this particular what do they what do they call it like a triple a quadruple a player. That's really what it, he's looking like at this point—a guy yeah. who can play at the AHL level and play at a high level in the AHL. But can't isn't producing at all. I mean, he's not producing anything. But What does he have? He, if I'm not mis- i not—I don't have his numbers right in front of me. But he's got he have more than five or six points this year. Am I am I am I, am I off?
0: I'm trying Is to that find or, that for you while you're not, while you're talking. So Michael Del Cole has two goals and five assists. He's a minus four and seven points. thirty-five games played. He's got seven points and. You know, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, and he did nothing and
1: he did that's why he did nothing last year either.
0: So, I mean,
1: that's. Yeah. You know, when, when you look at the, when you look at the body of work that he's put in at this point, I mean, he's the 35 games over the course of a season when you're, you know, you're supposed to be an offensive, you know, the offense is your specialty. You know, that's that's not I'm just trying to break. Oh, he's got 14 points in 67 career games.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, that's that's not top five numbers. <laughs> it's just not. That's not top five pick no. numbers. Now got, everybody, everybody, got five goals grows on their own scale here. He's got five goals, in, and he's supposed yeah, to be a goalscorer. Five goals in sixty-seven, career <laughs> right? Games. Right? No, no yes, yeah. for sure. It's and, sixty-seven career games, and it's not I mean, like he's been only getting it. trotted out next to guys like you know Komarov and Kunakul. That's not to say he hasn't played with them either. But he has had opportunity with other guys in this lineup where you'd like to think that he'd be a little more involved in the scoring. I mean, look, you know, the reputation he's kind of built up for himself so far, he's typically not a liability on the ice. You know, he's usually usually not, you know, making mistakes and, and causing problems for them. But he's also not really a solution for anything right now as far as the goal scoring and the and the, the points go. So it's kind of like, you know, what what's going to become of this guy, you know?
1: Well, when you look at guys like Johnson and and Clutterbuck and Martin, who are never put in offensive situations, all three of them have more goals than Michael Bethel.
2: Right, right.
1: So, I mean, that's I mean, I, I mean, really, that's 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 those that's the only stat that you really need. I mean, these guys do not any any bit of offense that you get out of Matt Martin is a complete bonus to to what he brings on on, on, a, on a night in night out basis. Right and Martin has played in 37 games. Dal Col has played in 35 games. Martin has three goals on 32 shots. Del has got two goals on 31. So he's basically giving you, he's taking up a spot either on your first, second, or third line, and he's giving you fourth line production on in on one of those spots. Yeah, it's you know it's it, it, he's done he has done not nearly enough to to warrant. More additional ice time, or for that matter, even being in a lineup on an hourly basis.
0: Who knows? I mean, look, the guy can't have much value just because of everything we just said, the, the lack of production. Everything. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe he can be a reclamation project for another team. You know, if if Barry and Lou feel like this is this is the most they're going to get out of him, you know, maybe he's a guy they package for, you know, towards a, a deal you know again i don't i don't mean it's really going to get fetch them much maybe he's just like a an add-in for for a bigger deal or something like that but maybe he's a change of scenery guy who another team feels that you know he can be a project for them and you know maybe he gets a change of scenery he can he can start looking like the player that at least a little more like the player that people were hoping but you know i just feel like you know he's just redundant for the team now if this is all he's going to bring to the team right when you already have guys like you know, knuckle, and you know it's funny. You mentioned guys like Johnson, and he's clearly not the best forward on the on the squad. But I say it all the time on Twitter. It seems like whenever the guy's on the ice, he's making something happen. <laughs> you know, whether he's putting in the odd he goal, he or... is. Right. So you know, I'd almost rather see Johnson out there for for all his faults than Michael Call if 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 he's really not going to bring much to the table. So you know. Look, and if he goes elsewhere as you know, part of a deal, and he starts scoring goals, he starts making us think about him, like Ryan Strom's making making us think about him, you know, on the Rangers. I mean, that would suck, I guess. But, but if it's not going to do it here, then you know, let him go, <laughs> put him in a deal. If that if that's going to entice, you know, one of these teams that, that Lou might be talking to, you know, to you know, he's that extra sweetener there that brings the guy they need, whether it's a defenseman or a you know middle six guy or whatever it is. Let him go, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm giving up on this guy too early, but I don't think I am. I think it's just if this is all we're going to get, they don't. He's just redundant at this point.
1: I mean, he's going to be 24 years old too. So it's, the kid was drafted six years ago this June. So it's it's not as if you know they're they're he's 19 years old or you know 20 years old, and he's just kind of you know just they got to see what's happening here. I mean, I think you pretty much know what you have. Michael Hall at this point, yeah. is it a, is there a possibility that he turns a corner somewhere down the road? Yeah, sure, but I mean, when right. you look at players over the years, you know, most of the time by the time they hit that 23, 24 year old age, pretty much know what you
2: have. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Tony, I mean, where, where the are fact the... that they the fact
1: that go ahead the fact that they keep him on the roster and Andrew Lad is still playing at Bridgeport is, is if you don't if you need to know anything else about the fact that. Andrew Ladd does not figure into the plans of the New York Islanders anymore. That's yeah. the that's biggest indication as you could possibly need.
0: Well, you know, I mean, geez, I didn't even think we were going to talk about that guy. I mean, I basically kind of just, you know, removed him from my Islander mindset, Andrew Ladd. You know, so it's funny you bring him yeah. up and, and you got the gears turning in my head now as you, as you explain that. And, you know, maybe this is this is Louie setting Ladd up for Robidas Island, buddy, you know. I mean, because you say he's not in the oh, plans, even no, with the I, way I Al Cole's playing. Exactly. I mean, this the the this might be the uh, the groundwork being laid for Andrew Ladd, perhaps ending up on that LTIR. You know, whether it's whether it happens this season or not, it really doesn't matter. They don't need it. They don't need the space now. But you know, this summer will be very interesting to see they what happens. Utilize anyway, what's that? I don't
1: think they. I don't think they can even utilize. I don't think they can utilize LTIR during the season anyway.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but again, like they're they're far enough into the season now, where you know they add if they end up adding some guys at the deadline that add you know cap, you know it's it's that you know they don't really need it, right? The further into the season, the less cap room you really need, right? So you know wouldn't matter, but
1: yeah, no, they can they can they have they have a tremendous amount of of, of cap space available. anyway. So there's there's really there's probably no one that's available that they won't be able to uh, that they won't they wouldn't be able to. uh, to acquire, so right, most salary wise.
0: But you do make a good point. You know, with the way a guy like Al Cole is playing, and. You know, they're, they're looking for some punch in the lineup. The fact that they're still not dipping. I mean, how many more games does Andrew Ladd need in Bridgeport to, to show that he can he can join the squad or not, right? Like, if he's not back now, I mean, do you, I don't foresee him coming back later. I mean, unless they're just desperate and guys are, you know, going down with injuries left and right. But, you know, like I said, you got me thinking, man. This this may be the foundation for a little LTIR next year, buddy. Get that cap space. Everybody's worried about the cap space yeah. next year with all those contracts coming. You know, Andrew Ladd and the LTIR might be it, buddy.
1: Mm-hmm. could be could be we'll see
0: all right well pal we're, we're 55 minutes into this thing a little marathon what do you think you want to take a break or you want to just keep going at it man we still got a couple more things to cover obviously we want to talk about the uh, the deadline staples piece uh, maybe we'll touch a little bit about uh, the all-star weekend barzell getting the fastest skater we obviously still have the hero to do and if we have time maybe we'll squeeze in a little bridge report so what do you think pal you want to take a little break or you want to just keep going
2: yeah, it's up to you.
1: I think we can keep going. I mean, uh, you know, we've got a few more things to tackle here.
0: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. We'll keep going. Tony wants to iron man it. We'll iron man it. We'll take a break before the hero a little later. So, folks, we'll keep going. So, why don't we take it to the deadline now? It's We're less than a month away. You know, it's the, uh, the chatter starting to get a little louder now. You have guys like Arthur Staple at the Athletics starting to put, you know, pieces together, looking at potential. You know, uh, trade targets and whatnot, and we just talked about the fact that not only do they need that forward that we've been pretty much talking about all year, and now with Pellet going down, they're probably going to need to look at some defensemen. So, so, buddy, I'm sure you got a chance to look at the article. There's some names in there. Is it, was there anybody? You know, it doesn't even have to be in that piece, but it ha- you know, aside from some of the the names we've already mentioned, like Pajot and and stuff like that. Like, is there any guys that are that are kind of popping out to you that you might want to see Lula Marilla uh, have some have some chats about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think that uh, look. I, I think this 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 pipe dream of of being able to acquire a, a you know a, a top scorer or a, you know a younger player with term at the deadline. It, I just think that's a, I think just think that's a fantasy. I don't think that there's that those guys are, are typically available at this time of the year.
2: Right.
1: Um, you know, it's typically rental players. You know, it's typically guys who are going to be unrestricted free agents. You know, unless the team is in full-on blow cell mode, you know, and uh, and are just putting their players out for the highest bidder, and, you know, if you look at a guy, you know, just for an example, like Jersey with uh, with Kyle Palmieri, if they're going to move on from him, but I, uh, you know, I'm not sure that that's the road they're going to go on. You know, like you know, Tom Fitzgerald is the assistant, is the uh, the acting GM right now after Ray Shiro was uh, was let go. You know, are they going to go that drastic and let go of guys who they still have term on, if they don't know what they're going to do going heading into the offseason? I'm not really sure, but when you look at when you look at the guys who are going to end up being on the market, the ones who are going to be available, I think that you look, you look at guys like you know we we heard, uh, you know uh, Ellie Friedman mentioned Travis Ajak, uh, a right. guy with a year left on his contract, right, um, with a no movement clause. Another guy on New Jersey that I think you should really keep an eye on, uh, which would probably be a really good addition to the Islanders, would be Andy Green.
0: That's the He's first name on Staple's the list of that
1: team. Yeah, he is a guy who is. It would be a perfect fit uh, on this team. You know, he blocks a lot of shots. He's a guy who is is a is a is a is a leader. He's been in the game for a long time. Um, He's having a pretty decent season uh, with on a bad Devils team. You know, he's a you know for his career he's he's always been a a around a plus you know an even player. He had one. Terrible season and with a minus twenty three, but for everything else, he's been pretty much an even player for his entire career. He's a plus one this season. He's, he blocks between one hundred and fifty and two hundred shots a year. Not bad. You know, he, he's a guy who plays. You know, eighty games. He, he's a guy who would fit into your lineup. He's not a. He, you know, he's not a top four defenseman anymore. He's not a guy gonna, you know it's going to give you you know twenty five or you know or you know he's playing twenty minutes a night now, which is amazing. Right. But uh, you don't have to play him that amount of time. But he's a good. He would be a, a really solid addition to this team. A, a guy who could step in for for uh, for of Pelic. So that's that's a name you should look at. And yeah, you know, and, and look, there there are going to be scores available. Yeah.
0: No, and as, as far as the D goes, they don't need any big names. They don't need any, you know, um, top top four. You know, guys, you know what I mean? Like, again, they just need somebody to fill in for Pellick. And I th- and I, I have to agree. They, they do, you know, Stable has a pretty good sell in that piece about, you know, why you might want to pick him up. Yes, he's 37 years old, but he plays the left side. You know, he, he has a rapport with Lula Amarillo. So, you know, I, w- I would put trust in him if he feels like he's the type of guy that can come in and help this, this team out back there. So I'm on board for that if they bring him in. I, I don't know if I'm specifically saying, yeah, I'm targeting Andy Green. You got to get him. But if that's a the guy they bring in to to shore up that defense, if you know again one, another one of those injuries comes around, then I'm I'm totally fine with getting Green for sure.
1: And it would be a, it would be a, a, a low cost, you know. I mean, right, you're not, not you you don't got to give a, up much. You know, a second round pick or a, right. It's I mean a, a third round pick would be would be borderline overpayment. So yeah, you know if you're especially the fact that he's got a no movement clause, he controls his destiny. So. You know, you get you get Andy Green for maybe like a fourth round pick or something to that effect. It, it should not be, uh, you know, a, a large cost. And that's a, a guy who could be really, really good addition to this team because of what he brings, not only on the ice and what you're lacking with Pelic being out on the lineup, but also in your locker room as well. So I think that that is definitely a good a good name to talk about. Look, New Jersey's got a couple of good names. You know, you go back, you you, yeah. you look in and and you see uh, a guy like Paul being available. He's a guy who can help this team. Absolutely. There's, uh, I would, a Palmieri would be, look really, really good next to a, uh, a Matt Barzell. Okay. A guy who plays with a little bit of fire. He can put the puck in the net. Um, he's got, I believe he's got another year on his deal, if I'm not mistaken, after this. So if, if a guy like him becomes available, yeah, I would say that that's definitely a name you should look at. Pajot makes the most sense because he checks so many boxes. Yeah,
0: for the he team. really does. Uh,
1: he plays center. He plays in the middle. Uh, he plays. He can play on the power play. He can play on a penalty kill. He can put the puck in the net. He's, you know, good in the face-off circle. He is a guy who would do a lot of different things. He's slowed down from his torrid goal-scoring pace that he was on early on in the season, mm-hmm. which will only help uh, for the you know to drive the cost down. But right. he is the kind of guy who I, I mean, he's he's definitely a guy who would help this team and checks multiple boxes of what you have to do instead of having to bring in a guy who can play on the top six and a guy who can play, you know, in the middle. And then, you know, so it's not multiple pieces. This is a guy who can can check all those boxes for you. So Pajot is definitely the guy who makes probably the most sense that'll be available from the deadline.
0: Yeah. I got to think that he's got to be towards the top of Lamarillo's list. You know, and look, even if it's just for a rental, who knows if they're going to be able to con- convince the guy to stay, if they have the capital room for him, whatever. That's a conversation for another day. But, you know, if you're still trying to make something out of this season, as, as you and I have kind of been trumpeting this whole time, you know, even with a guy like Pellet going down, I still think this is a year that they can make some noise, especially if they pick up a guy like Pajot. So, you know, the, it's just the question is, who else is going to be looking for a guy like that? And, you know, what I alluded to before, are the Islanders going to, A, have the assets, to convince that other GM to send him to the Islanders? And can the Islanders afford to pay whatever that price is? You know, and we've 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 talked about, you know, do you dangle, you know, one of your high... I'm not saying it, this is going to, you know, what ultimately is going to be part of the cost for a guy like Pajot, because I don't, but if if the Islanders, you know, cupboard is a little more bare than we had first thought... You know, with guys a little slow out of the, you know, um, like, now that at least Kiefer Bellows has been playing better, although I think he's on another scoring drought now. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is you have s- games. You, you have some guys, you know, w- within this franchise, right? Part of this, uh, you know, the, the, the depth of the organization that maybe aren't panning out the way, you know, you've wanted them to. So, you know, are there enough attractive pieces to Ottawa's GM or whomever that they're going to be able to not only... Put the right deal together, but also outbid whoever you're you're bidding against, and and you, you, you can you can reach, especially if you do feel like you're close to, to making a run in the playoffs. But how far is Lou Lamarillo willing to reach where where he's you know really hurting the organization long term? You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you, you you this is a win this is a win now team. Okay, yeah. this is a team that you know they they they've, they've been at the top of the of the of the, the NHL. Uh, standings for, you know, since Barry Trott is here, you have a lot of money invested in Trots. Lou Labrador is not getting any younger. So I think that this is a team that they think that they can win with now. Um, a team that they feel the way that they bought into Barry can definitely do that. Um, but they are going to need some reinforcements. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So uh, I think that Lou will not mortgage the entire future, but I don't think he'll be shy about you know, bringing in the right player at the right, you know, for the right price.
0: Now, what are you willing to give up for a guy like Pajot? Like, what's your cutoff, right? Like, let's say, you know, you know, like, I don't think you have some, I had some people going at me earlier in the season saying, oh, they're going to have to give up at least a first-round pick. I don't think they will. I don't think Pajot is going to cost a first-rounder, unless no, there's I, just I a total bidding war for this guy. And at that point, that might be when you say, okay, you guys can have him. But, I don't think you're going to need to give up more than maybe a, a second rounder and maybe, you know, a B-level, pro, B-C-level prospect. I don't think, you know, for the role that that guy fills, I don't think you're going to have to break the bank. So I guess, you know, what what are you willing to give up for this guy and, and what makes you say, no, thanks, I'll look elsewhere?
1: I think I, I'd be willing to give up multiple second round picks. Okay. I think that that would be you know, a price that you could pay. I wouldn't go any higher than that. Uh, hopefully you'd be able to do it with a prospect and a second round pick, but you know, maybe multiple second rounders would make the most sense. I, I, I Kajou, my opinion is not, you give up a first round pick for a difference maker. Okay. Um, right. you give up a, a top prospect for a difference maker and, you know, you've seen it over the years where uh, guys like Kevin Shattenkirk and, uh, you know, Watan and you know, those were big deadline acquisitions that, that, that first-round picks or multiple first-round picks or, you know, you know, conditional picks were given up in order to make those trades. Uh, you know, those are the kind of deals where you make them and, you know, you're getting yourself a guy who you feel puts you over the top, makes you into a top-cup contending team. Pajot for me is not that guy. Is he an important piece? Is he one? Of, is he? Is does he fit the owner's needs to a T? Yes, does. I yes. agree with that. But right. I don't think that you overpay for that. I don't think you overpay with a first round pick for a player like Pajot, if, and if especially it's a bigger if deal, he's and just going to be in a red guy top.
2: like yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. Now, if you're bringing in a guy like Anthony Duclair in the same deal, yes, now please. we're talking about something completely different. But if but if it's a one for one. That's, if it's a one-player deal that you're getting back, Pajot, I don't. I think the first-round pick is is definitely way too much.
0: Yeah, and it's funny you see, uh, you know how pumped Duclair was for Barzell at the at the All-Star game. I'm like, you know what? You guys can be even closer friends maybe <laughs> if, if Luke can swing a deal. But yeah. Yeah. but I don't see any reason why why the uh, the the Senators would be looking to deal that guy. He's young. He's still RFA. You know, they're, they're, they they got to try to build this team, right? You look at the season that he's having. Why wouldn't they hang on to him? They have all the negotiating power, you know, because of the RFA status. So is it nice to talk about the Islanders getting Duclair? Yeah, please sign me up. I'd love it. Get it. Do a combo deal. Throw a first-round pick in there and, and a higher-end prospect and whatever else you need to to get Pajot and Duclair as a package. I would love that. But I just don't see Ottawa trading that right. guy, you know? Well,
1: I mean, look, it, it, it's going to come down to their value. So, if they're going to look at it and say, like, okay, well we feel that Duclair is uh, is is playing above his head right now. And getting a first-round pick for a guy who we didn't really, really didn't cost us anything to get is too good of a deal to pass up. Mm-hmm. Then they would maybe consider moving him. Okay, But, in my opinion, I mean, it behooves them to hold on to him because he's played well there. He's not going to cost them, you know, hardly anything over the next couple of seasons. So, you know, that's a valuable guy to have. You know, if he gets to thirty goals uh, at the draft, uh, who the hell knows what you can get for him? So
0: sure, sure. Well, to keep it on the forwards for a second, I'm just going to throw out a couple more names that Staple had in his piece. Uh, just going through, uh, you know, the, the 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 top of his list here. At least not not by ranking or anything like that. Just literally chronologically, the guys that he put on on the list. But you have Tyler Foley, He's a he's a name that's been mentioned a couple of times. Craig Smith over in Nashville. Connor Sheary at Buffalo. Tyler Ennis, over in Ottawa. Any of those guys speak to you at all, or you know, are you interested in any of those guys? Maybe for me, Toffoli?
1: I, I, I like I like Tyler Toffoli. I think that that's that's another that's another good um, that's another guy who could be a, a good acquisition for this team. The guy who scored thirty goals in the past. Um, he is, you know, he plays. You know, he's played on. A, he's played a, some meaningful games. In uh, you know in the in the NHL playoffs, which is you know there's there's no um, there's nothing that, that it can replace that guys who have played you know in the finals in you know in the in the semifinals like that's that's an important that's an important thing that you can't just teach a player you know is he having a great year this year no but the entire Kings organization is just you know they're they're in a total rebuild mode right now they're they're in rebuild so right. But you look at Safoli with his stats over the course of the last couple of seasons. Last year he played two games; he only had 13 goals and 34 points. But before that, 24 goals, 47 points, 31 goals, 58 points. Uh, you know, when the Kings were on their run, this kid was—you know—he was a plus 20, plus 25, plus 35 uh, power play goals. He can put the puck in the net. Takes a lot of shots. Um, he, he's a guy. He's more than a uh, more than a half point per game um on his career stats, and he's with uh, 283 points in 506 games so to foley's a guy who can definitely i think with a change of scenery uh do some damage especially playing again with a guy who's offensively talented like matt barzell they just again it's going kind to of come down to the to the cost of what it's going to take to get a player like that I'm, as a um, Speaking to you, I'm looking up his, his, uh, his salary, mm-hmm. which I would think that that would be pretty important to, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, that factors in
1: to what his contract situation is. But Toffoli is signed just for the season. He is a UFA after this year. He only makes $4.6 million. The way he's played, I think that even on a, you know, on a comeback on a one year or two year prove it deal, um, would probably be in the same ballpark that what he's making right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to play both the right and the left side. He's a guy who I'd be intrigued by. Again, not a first-round pick, but if you can give right. up multiple picks or a prospect in a second or a third round to get him, I, that's a that's that's a deal I would look
0: into. Okay, okay. No, I, I would I would be happy with getting a guy like Toffoli. And just, uh, just a couple other uh, forward names that stuck out for me for one reason or another. It doesn't necessarily mean I want them to go grab him. But um, you got Ilya Kovalchuk was mentioned by by Arthur Staple, Chris Kreider, uh, Andreas Athanasiu over in Detroit, Kevin LeBanc in San Jose, um, Thomas Tatar, uh, a couple of those names, you know, kind of stood out for me. Any of those guys, and Nick Benino uh, over in Nashville. Any of those guys uh, sound good to you?
1: I've always been a Nick Benino fan uh, from when he played in Pittsburgh. I actually uh, championed to for the Islanders to sign him when he was an unrestricted free agent. He got a lot of money when he went to Nashville. Right. I think he's a guy who is a is a very valuable guy. Very good in the face scores clutch goals. Uh, so he's a guy I, I like. I think he's probably. Um, He'll have to price out kind of a kind of a deal. Uh, and I think he makes a I think he makes a good chunk of change too, if I'm not mistaken. He's a, he's a little longer the tooth as well. He's got a year well. he's thirty one years um, old
0: and he's got a year left at four point one mil.
1: That's not bad. That's that's actually better than what I thought. So that's uh that that's that's he's a guy who I like. The Chris Kreider thing the Rangers have never traded Chris Rider the Islands forget about that. Uh, if you want, you know, maybe right. if he hits unrestricted free agency after the
0: season, I mean, I would, I, I would love Ramos. to it's see him on the, the Islanders. Kind of conversation with him. Yeah, I'd love to see him on the Islanders, but like you said, I don't think that's a deal that happens. No,
1: he doesn't get traded here. If he comes, he's going to come with a free agent, There's no way that that's a uh, that's not a trade to be made. They, the, the Rangers are not trade a popular player. They allure to, uh, to the Islanders for a playoff run right. for a playoff stretch. So that's that's just that's never going to happen. Right. You know, and, and it, the price would be so prohibitive, it would be ridiculous. So there's, there's no way that that, that that deal gets made. Um, what pisses me off is that they could have possibly, they could have
2: just <laughs> right. had him for nothing right. and
1: brought him in here to see what happens. So, uh, you know, the fact that they'd have to trade an asset now, whether it be a, a third or a fourth round pick to get him here, that's just, that that's just, that's annoying. So uh, <laughs> I, I would say he would probably stay away from that. There's, yeah, there's I, better, I agree. I think there's, there's better available options available out there. Uh, who's the other player that you mentioned uh,
0: the other player that I mentioned uh, Thomas Tatar over Montreal
1: look Tatar's been good in Montreal that whole team has is, is, is been a, a great mystery I think mm-hmm. this, this year because they they played well in stretches and they, they looked absolutely atrocious in stretches I have no idea how Claude Julian and, and Mark Berger are still employed to be honest with you but you know, that's, <laughs> right. that's another story for another day
2: yeah. <clears throat>
1: but but looking at looking at at that team, Tatar was not a fit in in, in Vegas. He goes to uh, to Montreal. He has some success. Uh, I'm not sure he kind of fits in here. Mm-hmm. So uh, not I, he's not he's not real high, uh, you know, on right. my list. He's a good player. He mm-hmm. is. I mean, you know, I mean he could score goals. Which you know, is was, was a, a team that you know can't be beggars can't be choosers fact, you look at the goal scorers. So. Yeah. But I think they better options
0: out there than, than Thomas Guitar. Well, here's two other interesting names that I pointed out. They're both pending RFAs, Anathasiou in Detroit and Kevin LeBanc in San Jose with the season that they're having. I mean, they, they got some aging guys in that team. He's a younger one. But, you know, maybe they're looking to blow blow things up now that, that this season's just gone so south for them. What do you think of those guys?
1: Uh. Mm. I would be surprised if San Jose trades LeBanc. The reason being is because Doug Wilson just got a, uh, a vote of confidence from ownership that he's going to be around. But I don't think they're going to let him just sell off younger assets on a team that, like you said, is, is aging. Uh I think that maybe they're going to, you know, maybe reevaluate what happens in the offseason. But I, I'd be very surprised if he's allowed to trade off assets like that. Right. LeBanc would be a great player because he can play all three forward positions. He's from Staten Island. You know, he's a, you know, he is a New York guy. So, you know, he's got speed. Uh, he's young. He's making zero money. I mean, he took a, he took a horrible contract this year to, to resign in San Jose. One year, $1 million. Yeah. Um, especially with the fact that they had to sign Eric Carlson. So I guess they were banking on the fact that, you know, he was going to have another, did he have 30 goals the year before? I, I can't remember if he had 30 goals the year before. twenty. He, he, yeah, he had a good season.
2: year. He had a coming good
1: into year. unrestricted free agents, yeah, and I was very surprised he signed the the the, the contract that he did. But uh, he's he's just not. It's what, eleven goals, fourteen assists. He's a minus twenty-two. That's just those are not. You know, you don't want to go into. Yeah, last year he had fifty-six points in eighty-two games, seventeen goals, thirty-nine assists, fifty-six points in eighty-two games last year. Solid. He's got twenty-five and fifty games so far this year. There you go. So not, you know, he's, he's, he's lost some bargaining power. I can guarantee you that, but, uh, right. I don't know if Wilson's going to be able to make that trade. And they, that's a, that's an interesting player because he's, he's, he's got, he's got a lot of talent. He's a guy who was highly touted in his draft year and kind of fell back a little bit. I think he was a second round pick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he, his. Detroit. Look, we saw Detroit recently. They are they are really bad. Uh, but <laughs> yes, <Anastasia's> they are. <laughs> numbers are, are, are awful. I mean, his numbers are. I think he's a. He's almost a minus forty, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the like whole that, team is a minus forty. The, to be honest the, with you.
1: The, yeah, I, I I don't think they are. I think that his <laughs> is his numbers are just that bad. You know, it's it, it's it's it, you look. You, 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 you Some of it is the fact that he's on a terrible team, right? I'll give him that. Yeah. But I mean, oh my God! I mean, that's I mean, he's got thirty games to play. He could be a minus fifty by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah.
2: They're absolutely. not getting any better anytime soon. No, no, they're not. Definitely. So,
1: not. so and I, I and I, again, that's that's another as another situation where i kind of seeing what he has. I think they're gonna. I think that I, I'll be very surprised if that coaching staff lasts after the season. I mean, they're they're just historically bad. They're gonna need a goaltender.
2: Which look, yeah, the honest a
1: whole lot of trouble. He's a minus yeah. thirty-five, by the way. <laughs>
2: My yeah, God. he's a minus
1: yeah. thirty-five, by the way. Yeah, but so he's played thirty-six games. He's got five goals, fourteen assists, uh, and he's a minus thirty. He's a minus thirty-five in thirty-six games. So he's a minus one every single day. Awesome.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right. Uh, maybe he's yeah, a guy so you that, don't look at. That's a,
1: so that, that's... He and, and-
0: Hello? Tony? Are you there? I think we lost Tony. So sorry, buddy. Oh, no, there no, he is. No, he's here. here.
1: Sorry, I hit the mute button. You hit the
0: mute button. Way to go, pal. Sorry, pal. <laughs> it's all right. I forgive yeah, you. I was, about to, I was about to go to break and try to get you back on. I'm glad you showed up. All right, good. Okay. Yeah. So what? What, no, what yeah. did we miss? Because no, we didn't hear minus,
1: that. <laughs> he's he's a minus fifty nine the last three seasons.
2: Oh,
0: okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, fair yep. enough. Well, Arthur Staple seems to think he and could hit a spark, but it, uh, if, it,
1: he's a. Uh, and if you want to stretch back to the year before that, that means he'd be a minus sixty four. <laughs> so
2: it's yeah. not good. Okay, again, I don't think that's all on
0: him. The team he's he's playing on hasn't been good the last few years. But, you know, Staple mentions the fact that he's still only 25. But, look, I don't know. It's just he scored 30 goals last year. I mean, you know, he scored, he right, scored 30 goals right, last year. So, yeah, that's something to look at. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, if, if he's a young but, guy who yeah, can add a little you speed, at, you know, and add some goal scoring, I'm not opposed. I mean, maybe he's not the first guy on your list, but if he's available – you know, I mean, look—they just need something that can fill that hole. So, like, uh, you know, even though you just r- rattled off some dreadful numbers, uh, you know, maybe he's a guy—you know—he's a runner-up guy. If you can't get maybe the, the first or second guy on your list, you know.
1: It, to me, it's it's uh, he's he's not a guy who I would be willing to trade a major asset for. Let's put it that way. That's fair. Even though he's twenty-five, you know, and scored thirty goals last year, I, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not I'm not on board with with trading a major major asset for a player. Uh, like that
0: okay all right well i'll just uh mention a couple of defensemen's names you already we already talked about green but you have alec martinez over in la and you have who's the guy oh yeah uh, what brendan dillon over in uh over in san jose he's another guy any of these guys you know how do you feel about maybe picking up one of those guys about the d
1: martinez is a solid defenseman uh he's got another year of term on his contract Thirty-two years old. He's got four million dollars owed to him next season. Uh, I think the only problem with that for, for the Islanders, obviously, is that they're pretty set on defense uh, right. for the next, uh, at least for next season. You know, as it is, you know, there was a lot of talk about you know possibly moving a man, Nick Letty or so on and so forth. but right. Noah Dobson is going to become a, a regular at some point or another. So, mm. you know, and they're pretty filled up back there. So, I don't know if anybody, if on a rental especially with Pella coming back next year, that you want to go with somebody with too much term. Mm-hmm. So, But Martinez is definitely a guy. He's more of a stay-at-home defenseman now than he's been in the past. Right. Uh, he was a little bit more offensive uh, a couple of years ago. But again, L.A. has been in a little bit of a, um, a different situation than they were a few years ago. But uh, he's still a solid defenseman. I like Brendan Dillon a lot. Okay. okay. He is a guy who he is a restricted free agent after this year. He is a rough-and-tumble kind of a guy. He's a Johnny Boychuk type without the offense. He has no offense whatsoever. But he's he's a guy who That's can okay. <clears throat> who blocks shots, who hits, and throws his body around. He, he's had a solid year. He was a plus-19 last year for, for San Jose. Um, he's got 62 games of playoff experience. Um, he does have 11 points this year, which actually surprises me. I didn't think he had um, that many points. But he's definitely a guy who is he's he's a he's a solid defenseman, and I don't think he would cost you an arm and a leg because he's, his his skill set is so um, limited, I guess. When it comes to you know he's not going to give you any offense and and so on and so forth. But he's 29 years old, and you know he's he's a guy I think that can help this team. Uh, and if he, you can get him for a decent price, I mean, look like he's he's got 155 hits so far this year. He's blocked 56 shots. He had over 200 hits last year. You know, he's he's a guy who who can play some minutes. You know, he plays 19 minutes a night now this year. Last year was a little bit less. But I, Brendan Dillon is a guy I like. You know, he, he's a guy who can come in and and give that back end a little snarl. Um, you know, you know Boychuk gives it to you a little bit, but Dillon is he's he's a He's a guy you can give, you know, put a little sandpaper, as as uh, as Arthur Staple likes to call it, into uh, to the game of the arms, especially on the back end. So Dylan is definitely a guy I would I would I would be interested in if he comes if he's available.
0: Yeah, no, I think he's he's towards the top of my list as far as D goes. Just because I mean, like you pointed out, they're pretty much set on D as far as the um, the immediate long term. He's going to be a UFA, so he's a perfect rental situation. He plays the left side. So he looks like a really good candidate. He's not 37 like Andy Green. He's younger. I think he's 29 years old. So the only thing is he's Mm -hmm. he's probably going to be sought after by some other teams. So if the bidding gets too high, maybe, maybe you pass and you settle on a guy like Green. But yeah, I think Dylan's uh, something that uh, maybe Islander fans should, should keep their eye out for because he's a guy who could probably slot in pretty well to uh, you know be insurance for for that D if if somebody else does go down. So I'm with you on that one. And before we kind of wrap this up here with the with the deadline of these guys, was there anybody not mentioned here that that you have your eyes on or anybody you might be interested in? Or we're pretty good. <laughs> No,
1: I, I I think that I mean Arthur really hit on everything. I think he hit right. on all the ones that are are no brainers. I think he hit on the ones that were kind of a little, you know, maybe almost uh, the beaten path a little bit. And then he hit on the ones that were 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 guys who they just they really have no shot at, which you know you look yeah. at and so on and so forth, <clears throat> and just because of their situation. I, I think that his list is is tremendous, but. I think that uh, you know, like I said before, if you're going to add one of like a true star offensive player, those deals are usually typically not made at the trading deadline, right? Uh, and with guys like Kreider and and Taylor Hall that are going to be unrestricted free agents come June, I think that those are the guys who, if if they're going to if they're going to import a a true offensive star that's where it's going to end up coming from. I don't think that's going to come with a trade at the trade deadline. So
2: yeah, you're right. I, I
1: think that you just have to try to augment what you currently have, fill the holes that you have, and then try to, you know, add that, that, that top player, um, you know, through three. Summertime.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So just to wrap it up, you get to pick, you get to take one D one forward to add to this team before the deadline, who, who you I mean, I think we already know the answer, but if you, if you, in an ideal world, who, who do you want the honest to grab before the deadline's over?
1: Uh, I would love to see them add Pajon, just because, like we said before, he's he fits the you know the needs for this team the best. And uh, you know, I, I really, as much as I like Andy Green, and I think that that would be a really good sign. I mean, I think Brendan Dillon would be would be excellent for this team. Um, so Pajot and Dillon, I think, would, would would definitely fill the holes that they need and and kind of propel them to to the point where I would feel comfortable going into the playoffs. Uh, with an opportunity to ride it all the way, at least in the conference finals.
0: Well, Tony, we we have a consensus here at Hockey Night in New York. I am with you on both guys. I think that at least, a, you know, look realistic options, and and who knows, maybe some other options show up as we get closer. Maybe a, one, a month from now, some other teams fall out of the race, and and some other you know interesting names start to surface. But based on the guys we're talking about now and look, there's gonna be deadline chat from here until we get there, right? So but as of right now, I think I'm with you. I'd be pretty happy as an Islander fan if, if they were able to get a guy like Pajot and Dylan. And you know what, if if they swing and miss on a guy like Pajot, uh I think Benino would be a decent runner up there if they if you know Pajot ends up being too expensive or, you know, Otto is just not interested in what the Islanders have to offer. I think Benino would be pretty good there, you know, and, and, and I guess Andy Green on the defensive side if they can't get Dylan.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, that's, those are those are the names that that make the most sense for this team. You know, it's, they're not the sexy names. They're not the right, names that are right. going to make people to say, "Wow, we're you know we're really we're really going for it." But these are names that are players that can really help this team.
0: Right, right. No, I agree. And 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 again, it just it also just makes the, the lineup a little more um, palatable for Barry and, and for us watching. But, you know, once you get a guy like Paggio or Benino that you can slot into that 3C, a guy that belongs there, because this is the problem. The Islanders really don't have a guy on the roster now that belongs there. Broussard hasn't really worked out there. They've tried Bailey there. We know he should be a top-six winger on this team. So, you know, they need a guy who just fits that, you know, square hole with a square peg, right? So once they do that... They can put everybody else where they're supposed to go in the lineup. They don't have to drag Bailey down from the top six. They can put Broussard back on the wing if they want. You know what I mean? Like, it just gives Barry more flexibility to put an optimal roster out there. But, you know, this hole that they've had the whole season, and then you have Clutterbuck going down. And and that's why, you know, you have Barry playing musical chairs with these forwards because, you know, he's just – you still have to throw somebody out in that 3C spot. But, unfortunately, it affects the rest of the lineup. So they just need – Somebody who actually belongs there. Like, we all thought it might have been Broussard. Unfortunately, it hasn't really panned out. But, you know, you get a Pajot in there or maybe a Benito, and it, and it makes the rest of the roster look better. And they can, you know, those guys can do the job that they're, that they're supposed to do on this team.
1: Yeah, I think the strength of this team last year was that everybody's role was kind of defined last year. Right. You right. had Filipino in your they're third round. You yeah, a People guy like Flip. Right, that was a, that was a, it was really the key loss of last season because he allowed everybody else to play the positions that they were more accustomed to. Right. Bailey staying in a more offensive role, you know, Leo not having to be in the center could play could play on the wing. You know, there was there was it, it, it kind of kept continuity to the way the, that the the lineup was filled out on a nightly basis. Whereas they don't have that now, and you have had to move pieces in and out and. You know, you got Del Cole moving up and down, and you have Bailey just got to fill in because Broussard doesn't play as well in the center as he does on the wing. And, you know, it's really, it's been a nightmare to this point where it's that one spot has been such an issue all year long. So getting a guy like that, and look, and it gives you the opportunity to bring him back. I mean, you know, the guy is obviously a very talented center, and if you bring in a guy like Benino, you're going to have him for next year anyway. So next right. year anyway. So it's it's definitely a... You know, it, it. Those are the kind of guys you need to you need to look at and and and, and you know move your assets for guys like
0: that. Right, right. Well, like I said. We're gonna be talking about this stuff leading up now, where we're under a month away. That you know, we're gonna to have to just talk about these trades until they're made, right? And they probably won't end up happening until day of. It'll probably be announced after the deadline's passed, as it seems to always happen. But, you know, it's fun to talk on you know, talk about anyway. But buddy, why don't we take a quick break here? We'll come back with the hero of the week. You know, maybe we'll just touch briefly on the all star shenanigans that went on this weekend and then we can wrap this thing up. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, folks, so thanks for hanging with us here at Hockey Night in New York. New York. Remember, you can always tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will have the hero of the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform question for the guys comments interested in the sponsorship please contact us at hockey york at gmail.com for any and all inquiries we appreciate all the support and as always let's go islanders Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit yesmenoutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in-house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting yesmenoutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo code HockeyNightNY for 10% off your order. That's YesMenOutfitters.com. back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. And when you hear this song, folks, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week. So without further ado, Tony, I don't remember who went first last time, but I'm going to give you the honor of going first this time, pal. So let's have at it here. Who is your Hero of the Week for these two games against the Canes and the New York Strangers?
1: Well, since we didn't do a show last week, I'm going to extend it the week before that.
0: Oh, that's cheating, and, buddy! Uh,
1: I'm going to. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. <So>, uh... <laughs> it's not cheating. So anyway, I'm going to give it to a guy who I think is. It hasn't gotten enough credit for what he's done this year and how he stepped up his game. And over the course of the last um, the last two weeks. Uh, he's got uh, six points in his last four games. Um, he's got three goals. He scored a big goal against the Rangers the other night. And that's Anthony Pellichetti. He's done a tremendous job stepping up. He has been much more consistent this year than he has in years past. Very streaky player, as as we all know. But he's he's definitely starting to come into his own. He's got thirteen goals, twenty nine points in forty nine games. He's got nine points on a power play. He has done a tremendous job, and I think that over these last stretch of games where they needed him to, to kind of step up, he's done it. He's already surpassed his uh, his point total from last season, and I I really like what I see from this kid. So my hero of the week, Anthony Pavillier
0: Fair enough, pal. But we're gonna put an asterisk next to that one because you cheated. It was supposed to be the just just a couple of games this week. But okay, I'll give it to you at least at least you highlighted you know what pavilier has been doing lately. I like it, and he's just gotta become more consistent man because he's he's such a hot and cold player, like you said he he hasn't been able to really just put a consistent stretch of um maybe not not so much good hockey but just you know numbers right he he's on the board then he's off the board and he just goes very hot and cold, so okay that's good but it's an automatic loss for you because again you you didn't play by the rules so here is your winner for the hero of the week and that's going to be none other than Thomas Grice Thomas Grice he gets his first back-to-back starts uh, of the season and he played very well in both games as we discussed he stopped 31 to 32 shots against the Canes and he was very good in the shootout he just couldn't get support from the guys on the other end putting some goals in. So he took the L there, but I think he still played very well. And he gets the 4-2 win against the Rangers. I mean, look... Uh, you had the majority of the season where, you know, from from the get-go, you had, you know, on again, off again. You had him and Varlamov switching, you know, every other night. Varlamov takes the reins for a little while. I don't think this is an indicator that Grice is going to take the reins, but he does get these two back-to-back starts. And I thought he played well, and he's a big reason why they took three out of four points. So, so by default, since Tony didn't play by the rules, here is your official hero of the week, folks, Thomas <laughs> Grice. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. Say something. Go ahead. I played by the rules. <laughs> you I, did yeah, not.
1: I, I played by the rules. I'm sorry. You did not. The guys scored a big goal against the Rangers. It's though. it's it's hero of the okay. week,
0: Tony. It's not hero of the week plus the week we didn't cover last week. Okay. <laughs> Just because we didn't do a show doesn't mean you get to him that weekend. All right. It's hero of the week. Okay. I get, listen,
1: uh, listen. This is this is this is I, I'm the I'm the I'm the co-host here. Yeah. I can I can make up my own rules. So
0: I I, I I no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Asterix. Thomas Grace, <laughs> the week. I'm sorry, I just I, I, I got to disagree. But we got to move on. We 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 can't bicker over this. So so folks, there you go. There's your heroes or your nah, hero. I don't I don't want to
1: bicker. I don't want to bicker.
0: Yeah, let's that's, let's, that's nice. let's if you let's if, stay, if you friends. if
2: you just
0: if
1: if you give me just a just a moment, uh, I said just there's just one there's one thing I'd like to to touch on really quick because. You know, it's. Uh, look, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this. Uh, you know, I know it's not a hockey thing, but um,
0: yes. yes, absolutely. The, the, the passing
1: of Kobe Bryant today. Yeah. I think that this this needs to be you know just addressed really quick. And uh, look, I mean, this is this is something that you know, very few times in, in in history has something like this happened, where you know an icon of a sport or uh, an industry, uh, something like this has happened, where someone so young is taken, and the the thing that makes it so tragic is that it, you know his his beautiful thirteen year old daughter was with him um, when it did happen. <clears throat> you know, uh, being a father, you know to to you know to a, a daughter of of course, you know my you know my daughter is only ten, but you know you think about what what Kobe Bryant meant to the NBA, but what he meant to his family too. And, you know, the fact that he had, you know, four girls and, you know, how he was a you know, a dad to them. And we look at Kobe Bryant as, as being, you know, at the the very top of his profession and look at him as, you know, all the the, the great things that he has done, you know, for fans, for winning championships to, you know, for the Los Angeles Lakers, but you know, look at now the fact that those three girls don't have their dad anymore, and it's right. an incredibly sad thing. I think that it's something that we should all, you know, learn from, and you know, and and take to heart. It's not just about basketball; it's about you know, right. this family has changed for the rest of their lives, and uh, it's, a, it's a terrible tragedy. It no, really it's, is. It's and, absolutely. You awesome. know, it's good to see that. And to see the the NHL and you know other other sports, you know, acknowledging his greatness and 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 what he meant to to the sports world and what he meant to a lot of players around the NBA. I mean, there were there were guys, Kyrie Irving, who was very very close with uh, with Kobe Bryant, walked out of the building tonight. and I, I I can't I can't be here. I can't play. Yeah. I, I, I can't do it. Yeah. So there just there he had a tremendous. Um, legacy in the NBA, tremendous legacy as a professional athlete, one of the greatest that you'll ever see, and it is a, a shame that we, uh, you know, we lose him at uh, the young age of forty-one.
0: Yeah, it's it's awful. I mean, it's just it, something like this. It's just a, a freak accident. I, I don't even know um, if 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 they've come out with the cause why why the helicopter went down, but just you know, again, it's, you, it's... Go ahead.
1: Witnesses have said it looks looked mechanical. It looked like there was a, there was a problem with the helicopter. He owned it; it was his helicopter. Okay. So right. that's, I guess, the reason why um, the reporting uh, was so quick. That when they found out that it was his, and they knew that he was on it, that there was they were, that he was gone.
0: Right, right, yeah. And I saw on the news that apparently, you know, he 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 frequents the, the helicopter rides and whatnot. You know, he you know he's so involved with his daughter's uh, basketball, and they were just going to a game. Right, sure. they were. She was supposed to play in a game and. But yeah, yep. I mean, it's it's awful, and it doesn't matter who's in the helicopter, but I mean, you hear that he's he's gone, and then you hear his daughter was in the helicopter too, which is, my God, you know, all you can think about is the family, and, and obviously, you know, whoever, uh, everybody else that he's touched in his life, so it's an awful tragedy, and it just just makes you think, you know, uh, you have a lot of people in the news saying, that you know, talking about it, and they're absolutely right, you know, you just gotta you know, live, live each day as your best, man, cause you just don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, we lose a, a huge sports figure in the world and, and Tony, thanks for bringing that, that up and, and, I uh, just touched on it cause, uh, it's, it's, it's obviously awful, awful news.
1: Yep. No, that's no question. And, uh, you know, this is a day that, you know, we'll remember because, you know, again, you know, this, this type of thing, you know, you lose someone so young, it's, uh, it's, it's you know it's it doesn't happen very often it's uh, it's terrible that it that it did the devil's just released something every every team it seems has released some type of statement or um you know sorrow over it it's just it's 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 very sad it really is especially the fact that he was so young and had such young kids it's 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 sad
0: right right well best to best to his family and, and friends and uh you know going through this tough time but Let's uh, let's just touch on the last couple things here, and then we'll wrap this up. So, Matt Barzell represents the Islanders at All-Star Weekend. Um, he wins the fastest skater, and he almost broke the record. He he didn't get it, but he came close. But uh, the big accomplishment here is he, he unseated, he dethroned Connor McDavid, who's won it the last three years in a row, I believe. So, you know, I don't know what your feelings are on, on the whole All-Star Weekend thing, but at least... You know, the Islanders guy got to, uh, you know, make a name for himself and, and get himself a little award there. So I guess I guess if you want, just talk about that and, and you know, I guess maybe just your opinion on the whole All-Star Weekend, the format, the three-on-three that they've been doing uh, the last couple of years. Uh, you know, what, what, what do you got, Tony?
1: I, I hate the All-Star game.
0: <laughs> did you watch? It's okay if you didn't, but
1: did you? I'm curious. <laughs> No, I you didn't. didn't. Okay. I didn't. I didn't watch the skills competition. I, did, I watched. Yeah. I, I went back and watched uh, Barzell and, and, and whatnot. But you know, I, I watched the the, uh, the fastest skater, which honestly is the only thing that has intrigue at this point for me. Right? Because in all seriousness, I mean, to watch Connor McDavid. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't think anybody can can really can I can understand what a pleasure it is to watch this kid play on a nightly basis. The Edmonton Oilers fans are so lucky that they get to watch this kid night in and night out because he is an unbelievable talent. I mean, I, 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 I mean I've mean, i seen, I saw Lemieux play. I saw Gretzky play, you know, like, and this kid is just, he is as talented as those guys were. And, and the skate, you know, the, just the skill, the skating, the, he's, he's, he's unbelievable. He really is. And, you know, look, Barzell won the skate. He's Matt Barzell is a tremendous skater, but is he a better skater than, than Conor McDavid? No. He had a better lap. He had a better time, and he untimed him as the fastest skater. But you know, I mean, it, it, to watch McDavid skate is just—it's just, it's just a, a thing of beauty. Yeah. And uh, and good for Matt, you know, like he gets to showcase his skills some, and you know that's uh, you know it's important, obviously. And you know, he, he did. He, he even said it afterward. I don't think I could have run. I don't think I could have skated a better lap than I did. Yeah. I don't think so either, because I mean, twelve. What <laughs> uh, was it? Just a shade over twelve seconds. Uh, I believe it was unbelievable. A shade over I mean, I, I don't think my. Oh, was it? Uh, I don't think yeah. my eyes can go around the rink uh, in 13 seconds, let alone skate around it. So, um, <laughs> but to, to, you know, to see what he did was was tremendous, and you know, and to, you know, to, to beat McDavid, who is you know far and away the best skater in the game, probably the best skater that's played in the NHL in quite some time. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if we'll see anyone who can skate like that, you know, anytime in the near future, but. It was uh, it was good for good for him. He got yeah. he gets his exposure, and uh, you know, gets a gets a little trophy, hit, a little, little trophy. Hit. Sure,
0: sure. Why not? I mean, but yeah, look, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to come up with with a way to draw fans in, really, for this All Star stuff. I mean, I actually enjoy the skills competition more than the All Star game, but I didn't. I didn't watch the skills competition this year. I, I didn't get around to it, but I did. You know, I did watch replays of the of the fastest skater, so I could see Barzell get his win and all that. But you know, I guess technically I watched the game because I was in a setting where it was on the television. But the truth is, I was BSing more with my buddies that I was with and really paying attention. It's just, I don't know. It's tough to, to draw you in, right? I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, you got to have the event, I suppose, but. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, the three on three is all right, but but it's so different because it's not like the the three on three overtimes that we're seeing because they're not playing hard. You know, they they're playing not to get hurt, and I don't know. I mean, look, it is what it is. You have everybody doing it. Um, you know, they they yeah they have them doing it every year, and I don't know. I don't know how they can make it any better. To be honest with you, uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of I, even when I was a, when
1: I was a kid and the way they used to play the games, it was. You know, it would be a blowout. It was, whatever, 13 to 11 right. or, or, you know, whatever the case was. It was not for, you know, it was not for goalies. But, you know, and, and look, you see all these players now. It's the same thing that goes on with the NBA. You know, you have every, you know, every player who's got any type of nick or pull or this or that that makes you all star team. It's all of a sudden, oh, they have to sit. They have an upper body injury or a lower body injury. You're not even right. seeing the players that were selected. You time. got Oveskin, you know, Oveskin, Oveskin who's just flat out year. like, I'm not
0: going. <laughs> He's just like, sorry guys, <laughs> I'm yeah, not going, which, that's it.
1: Yeah, which, you know, I mean, I understand I understand his reasoning for it, but I mean, I, mean, I don't want to say that. that's bullshit. I mean, you know, like the whole idea of the thing is, you know, to be for the fans. You know, you, you know, you know, All Star selection is a is a big deal, and you know they've trivialized it. And it does it in every sport. I don't. I hate the I hate Major League Baseball All Star Game. I hate the NBA All Star Game, and I've been to the NBA All Star Game live. So I mean, it's just it has it doesn't it doesn't hold anything anymore. So yeah. uh, it's just you know I, I have I have very little use for it at this point. I didn't even I really didn't even watch it.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm with you. Killer. You know, I'll I'll care about the All-Star game when they have it at Belmont. That's that's when I'll care about the All-Star game. But for for now it's Yeah, just, then
1: then then you got my attention. Yeah, when it's in my backyard and then, then I'll I'll pay attention. Other sure. than
0: that. You know. All right. Fair enough. Well, Tony, I I think we'll 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 um we'll shelve the Bridgeport report for for next week. We we went a lot longer than I actually thought we were going to tonight, so We'll, uh, we'll do that next week. We'll wrap up. It's late. We got to go to bed. We got work tomorrow. So, I mean, unless you got anything else you want to add here, pal, I think yeah. we'll wrap it up.
1: No, I'm, no I, think, I think we've said more than enough about what's going on here.
0: All right. Well, with that being said, folks, we're going to wrap this thing up. We want to thank you for joining us late if you happen to be listening live. And if you didn't, hopefully you'll catch us on your commute to work tomorrow. Um, but that's it. We'll be back next week. We're going to be in for this marathon stretch, 33 games in 64 days. We want to thank you for hanging out with myself, Sean Cuthbert, and Tony Stabile. Remember, you can always listen live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at HockeyNightNY. Follow Tony at Tony Stabile. And follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Folks, thanks a lot for tuning in. We will see you next time.